Hello and welcome to episode 696 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, March, uh, March, May 27th, <laughs> Memorial Day. I'm your host, Paul Sport. We should redo it, but we're not. We're no, just going to no, roll with it. because it's draft season just like March, right? Exactly. Maybe that's what got me confused. I got all these ADPs and draft boards up. I'm your host, Paul Sport, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, how's it going, man? Uh, I... We're going to talk about these leagues, but I don't know how fun yours was. Um, I, I had, I had a, blast. a blast. Yep. Like, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It was freaking fun. I hope that they – I don't know if they filled every single league. I hope they do this again. This, yeah. This was one of the most fun online drafts I've had uh, in a long time. Uh, we recorded a pod for it over on Friends of Fancy Benefits. It was – like, is that live? Yeah, two and a half hours, okay. two hours and 40 minutes, I think. Um, we even brought on just a random dude from the league, like not yes. a podcast or industry guy. Just He was like, hey, can I come on? I was like, sure. Uh, and because these, these drafts were just so Wild West-like, where people were just taking totally. whoever they wanted, uh, it was uh, we were just going crazy the entire time, and it was just a ton of fun. It was it was great, man, and it really was. Obviously, we talked about how that very first one was definitely Wild West because there was no guiding ADP. I don't think it mattered. I think literally all of them ended up being their own version of the Wild West because you get different groups of folks in there. There were some guys doing multiples, but for the most part, a lot of uh, people just kind of doing the one and done, and so they're putting their imprint on the ADP, and it was crazy. We are going to get into that four few, four bits of news to start with, though, including a couple big injuries. Luke Weaver, man, this one sucks because he he'd been off to a fantastic start, and now he goes on the DL or the IL with the dreaded forearm tightness that can be a precursor to something worse in the elbow. Um, normally, TJ, if it if it does end up being worse, so that's nerve wracking for sure. Maybe it's just something where some some rest and rehab helps. But either way, this is a big blow and. While you didn't pay major draft capital for him, he's ended up becoming a key asset for those who have him, especially if they ended up getting one of the busts up front. You know, if you had like a Kluber or something, I know this is going to sound crazy to say, but go look at his stats. Luke Weaver's filled in. Like you would, you wouldn't have missed Kluber at that point. He has 62 in the third innings, 303-110 ERA whip combo with 68 strikeouts. This is a big blow, huh, Justin? You know, he's not on my main event team, but he, <laughs> Surprisingly. Was, yeah, he was on a bunch of my other teams because uh, you and I talked about how yep. he was a lottery ticket type guy. And while, uh, you know, we didn't necessarily expect him to have a huge breakout season and, you know, considering what he did, uh, we knew that that we'd seen, you know, excellent uh, starts from him before, you know, a couple seasons ago and. Maybe it was just needed a change of location, get his mechanics back in order, and he'd back, be back on it. Uh, so, yeah, th- this one really, really hurts, and uh, not much he can do, but hope to find you know another guy out there that could break out, I guess. Yeah, th- there's really not a lot to, to go off of except for just kind of, like you said, piecing it together. When we really first started talking about him, he was a post-300 pick. Even with some draft season hype, Luke Weaver still only went 258 in the main. So, I mean, he was very, very gettable 
and he's ended up being a key piece. Uh, but yeah, this is tough news. I don't think this is going to be a minimum 10-day stay in any scenario, even the friendliest of scenarios. So you're going to need to start looking elsewhere. Now, I don't know if they've announced uh, anybody that's going to fill in. One of the names that continues to intrigue me, and they've yo-yoed him, man. He's on that he's on that AAA to MLB path. He wears that path out back and forth is John Duplantier. And, um, you know, he hasn't garnered a start yet. He's come up for 12 relief innings of quality work with 12 strikeouts against five walks, though. Um, he has a 225 ERA, 108 whip. Not really worried about the ratios in 12 innings. In AAA, uh, he has 17 innings with 19 strikeouts, but 13 walks down there. So he's had a little bit more control in the in the majors. Control's kind of been the issue with Duplantier. He is a legit prospect. If he were to come up and kind of given a role, is he somebody that you would want in well, in what type of league for John Duplantier? I think he is a borderline 12 team league guy. Mm -hmm. I, I think it really just depends on the state of your rotation. I look at him as I know he's considered a top prospect, but I don't necessarily know that he's got high end ceiling. I think he's just got a higher floor than other I guys. I really think his uh, – I like where they've actually kind of used him as a multi-inning reliever. I really think that that's I, – I, I think they should just kind of cut the bullshit and go with this right off the top. You know, not bullshit, but like I don't, I don't even know that they should waste that much time trying to really cultivate him as a true starter. I think they've got to try. I mean, it just I, – I just – They don't have a ton in that farm, at least at the I know, but ends. you're still going to get – you know, a lot of value if you make him a, a three, you know, two to four inning guy right off the rip. I, I just, I, I don't know. You're right. I, I guess you always have to try, but it's a team I, that's not competing. So it's not like, whoa, they, whoa, 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 whoa. I think that they will, they and their fans would fully disagree. They are very much in the thick of the wild card race. They're not going to chase down the Dodgers most likely, but they're 28 and 25. That offense has been fantastic. I, I, I think they're in it. Uh, that's why I think uh, that think they should. you think they're in it for the long haul? Because I don't. Well, depends if they lose Weaver for the whole year. You know, if it's something like that, then then no. But otherwise, you're looking at a Granky Weaver Ray front three is pretty good. Merrill Kelly as a four five type is is pretty good. Then what we'd see what they would fill in there. Zach Godley has been god off. He's just terrible. Um, boy, did he have the wool pulled over my eyes after yeah, his big run. I'm, I'm going to retract my statement. You know, I think they could be. Uh, this yeah, is, I really like that, that offense. Yeah, and, you know, Granky is Granky. Um, Robbie Ray has been really good this year yeah, in spite like of walking three. everybody. <laughs> their front three has been fantastic. That's why this Weaver news is pivotal to their season. They've pieced together a bullpen, too. Greg Holland, the, Ren the Greg Holland renaissance is real. He still walks the yard, but he doesn't give up hits. It's that... You know, it's what LeClerc did when he was successful. You know, the Carlos Marmol thing. You can walk a, a, a boatload if you're not giving up hits. It's once the hits start to fall that it can really go south. But for now, Greg Holland's been great. Bradley hasn't even been that good. But Yohan Lopez has been. Um, Chafin's a solid lefty. Jimmy Scherf, he's been kind of running the uh, the up and down train as well. But he's he's an interesting reliever for them. So they've got a good bullpen. Taylor Clark has been a good multi-inning guy. I think he's actually been used as an opener as well. So we'll see what they do here to address Weaver. Um, I'm not cutting him in any leagues. I understand no. how scary this is, but I think you have to absolutely wait. Yeah, you got to hold on. He's just been too okay. good. Um, by the way, 
Oh, never mind. I was I was gonna say I wonder when you know what's the earliest Taiwan Walker could be back, but we're looking at like late August type of deal as the earliest that he could Didn't be back. He have a setback. Oh well, they, they go even worse. I think I, you're right. I think yeah, you're right. I, I think I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm double checking real quick, but I'm I'm pretty sure he had a setback. Uh, he suffered a right capsule strain during his rehabilitation. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So yeah, Sean he's Manaya a nine. Might be back in August, but. Oh, that'd be interesting. Um, let's stay in the NL West here and talk about another and even bigger injury, especially because I don't know if you know, you probably already know his stats. I don't know if you've looked him up or anything, but we'll let the viewers, or the listeners kind of guess in their mind. If you don't have him on your team, how do you think Charlie Blackman's doing this year? Uh, are you aware of how, what he's doing? I am aware because I took him in the second chance. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I think he's been a little bit under the radar because uh, I, I, I it wasn't even like a slow start. It was just one of those where it was like kind of meandering. And then maybe it was. I don't know. I think 20, he was, 20 he was, games you could start to say is a yeah. slow start. So that's fine. So, yeah, through 18 games, he was 221, 274, 299. There was no punch for Blackman. Since then, 28 games of a 350, 407, 732 with 10 homers, four triples, nine doubles. I mean, he completely come, had come around. The only thing that wasn't there was the stolen bases, just one on, in three tries, 29 runs as well. Now he suffers a calf strain after, uh, I believe, ripping a foul ball off said calf, which, ouch, yeah. that, that seems so painful. And so this could be uh, – I remember when it happened, I think the note was – this could be substantial or something like that from Bud Black where he's like, we're not taking this lightly. It was one of those where he acknowledged that this could be a deal. So this stinks for Blackman, folks. And you said you got him in yeah, the second. Because I remember them. It's, it's seeming like it wasn't going to be a big deal. So uh, that's why I took him. Um, I don't know if uh, you got him in the fourth round. Yeah, and he That's fell still to me. pretty good. Yeah, he fell to me, and I was making uh, a decision on whether or not I wanted to take another starting pitcher because I already had Snell. Uh, so I, I got Snell. Yes. Um, and I actually i did I did take uh, I did take Bauer, uh, or if I wanted to, you know, grab a. I almost grabbed Aaron Judge. There. <laughs> oh man, if you had gotten a bunch of il guys again I would have well that was the you. thing and that's the reason i didn't take judge was because i was like listen i'm not gonna take any injury or i'm not gonna take a bunch of injury guys in this yeah. i'm just not gonna do it uh and i knew that that black man was dealing with the issue but uh during at, you know i checked during my draft and they were like oh this is a day-to-day thing we don't we don't know if it's gonna require a, an il stint but uh yeah I mean, it's unfortunate especially because they have a seven Seven game home stretch this week. Yes, I in, know in, that's in cores and uh, it's it's a bummer because now I'm putting in Charlie Tilson who I like, but uh, the wrong Charlie, yes. the wrong Charlie for sure. You almost got you got one of the bigger uh, bargains on Bauer. You got him, I think, uh, forty nine, and his low in the second chancers was fifty eight. So I, you were toward the low end. Well, I remember talking to you before the start of my draft and. I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do necessarily on the two three turn because, you know, starting with Trout, and I was like, I might just go pitcher pitcher, and Dude. I did not, and I was looking at your draft board going, okay, uh, maybe I'll go Bauer Nola because you know it seemed like pitching was going you know often and early like they do in a lot of NFBC leagues, 
And then I just had this weird league where pitching got pushed down. See, that uh, ended up happening in mine. I think – I don't know if something that I – if I triggered something where they're like, well, he took two of the studs, so we're just all going to wait. Because I took Verlander Snell at nine. And uh, after I took Verlander, Scherzer and Sale went. I took Snell. DeGrom, Cole went. Only Bauer in the third round. And then it started to pick up in the fourth round. I was kind of surprised. There are some teams – the first two that picked – didn't get a pitcher until six and five, respectively. Or, uh, a, excuse me, until seven and six, respectively. We didn't have a pitcher go until the fifteenth pick. I mean, Damn. That Verlander went fifteenth overall. Scherzer sixteen. Uh, yeah, I, I went Verlander Snell, man. I I, pow- I powered through pitching. Anyway, we'll talk more about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, that with second. with Blackman. This does open up even more playing time for Rymel Tapia, who definitely been fitting himself in more and more as he continues to excel. Um, they did call up uh, Jonathan Daza. I don't know that he's anybody that you're really concerned about, except for maybe in an NL only because they are home all week, like like we said. But um, anything else here as far as playing time? I imagine this is going to be at least a couple weeks, right? Maybe not just the 10 days, but maybe not a month. Some Somewhere in between would be my yeah, guess. That sounds about right. I mean, I, I would expect it to be probably two weeks. I, I don't think it's going to be much more than that because they were yeah. contemplating not putting him on the DL. And I think they said during one of the games he, he might be available to pinch hit. So it doesn't seem like this is necessarily – a huge issue uh, that you both, I mean, we thought about the same thing about uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Exactly. now, you know, May 27th, and he's still on the IL on my main event team. This ha- it has snowballed on him. Um, is Tapia somebody that uh, you're, 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 you're copping in like a 10-teamer right now? No, I think he should be owned in every format. I was just going to say, like, what's his roster rate right now? I, bet, I bet you it's not super owned in, in 10-team leagues. Uh, but, yeah, five percent ESPN. Wow. Yeah, no, he should be owned everywhere. I think he's got to be on. This is the classic. He's got to be on some roster. It might not be yours, but he's got to be on a roster um, in every league. Here's a question for you. Um, since I'm looking at my own my own league here, uh, as far as IL goes, would you would you cut David Peralta for Tapia? Sure. I don't have an IL spot. Yeah, it's a ten team only. Spot, yeah. I think I might. Dang, I'll take a look at that later. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's the Charlie Blackman injury. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully it's not too long. couple bits of closer news. Pedro Strope's out on rehab. Do you think he comes back and, and gets that job, or is it classic Joe Madden will work him in, and then he and C-Sheck will kind of battle? Because I, I, I guess I'm saying that because I'm a little bit thinking that it might not just automatically be Strope. I don't think he's got that sort of cachet where it's like he's just back now, give me back my job. I, mean, I hope it is because of all the shares I got, but I don't. I don't feel like it is. I think he will get the job back. Uh, I mean, Cisha got beat up in his last outing. True. Uh, if he gets beat up in one more before uh, Strope's back, I think Strope easily comes back and claim it. Uh, but Strope was so good. Uh, so I mean, I don't see why there's, with the caveat that uh, Madden does what Madden wants. True. To do so, but. I would expect Strope to get back in there. Maybe they share duties right away as they ease him back in, but I would expect uh, by the you know by a week or two back that he's the full time guy. And um, I, I'm to save you the tweets. 
someone's going to say, oh, Strobe had a 506 ERA. He was not so good. He had three earned runs in the outing before he went on the I.L., mm-hmm. which took his ERA from 253 to 506. Yeah. He'd been perfectly strong until then, strikeout per inning. Uh, it, it, I mean, he only has 10 and two-thirds, so a three-run outing without getting a single yeah. out. It, those, those three runs doubled his earned runs for the year. Exactly. Like so I just wanted to— earned runs in all of his outings before. I wanted that. to preempt any, no, he wasn't good. He was terrible. No, he was good, and he'll be fine. At the very worst, I think he'll be back. Pedro Strope will get back in the mix eventually. Um, at best, they just p- kind of put him back in right away, and C-Check goes back to being a middle reliever. By the way, that's all of a sudden— Cubbies, man. They're 30 and 21. Offense is clicking. Chris Bryant, I know he had that little run in with Hayward, but other than that, his bat has certainly been back to MVP. You're adding a big bullpen piece to go with C Sheck. Tyler Chatwood still walks the yard, but he's found some effectiveness in the bullpen. Kinsler and Brock are, are doing well, although Brock's walks. Oh my God. Do you want to guess how many walks Brock has in 21 and a third? In 21 and a third? Yes. I'll tell you, he has 23 strikeouts. I don't know if that'll help, but I'm just. I'll tell I'm you that. gonna guess he has twelve walks. Twenty. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's not possible. He has twenty-three strikeouts, twenty walks in twenty-one and a third. But he has a two ninety-five ERA. How? Because ERA ERA is not misleading at all. Holy crap! I just pulled up his page. Uh- <laughs> Isn't that insane? How are you swinging? Okay. If you go up against Brad Brock and you swing first pitch, aren't don't you have to get like kangaroo yeah. court fined? He's got a sixty-two percent first pitch strike rate. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow, that's because that's actually a halfway decent rate. And yeah, I I know for all the I'm not gonna bring up the whole first pitch strike discussion again, but that's one of that is one of the things that it's useful for is identifying uh, viability of of walk rates and whatnot. So that that's just insane. I mean he. You know, Brad Brock's never been Mr. Command or anything, but not this. This is this is crazy. He had 28 walks all of last year, and he has 20 right now. So that's that's kind of crazy. But anyway, um, the Cubs are moving forward, so we'll see how that goes. I'm just Did you baffled see- by this walk, right? I just, oh, dude, I'm, I'm, just I'm staring I'm going at it, like, away not by understanding what's going on here. Did you see Rob Silver's tweet today? I did, unfortunately. Because <laughs> this... Now, do we have to do like a pullover warning because someone might vomit while they're driving and crash off I the road? I think that's probably a good idea. Okay, yeah. So this is this is a, a trigger warning for potential vomiting, projectile vomiting, because this is, this is how bad it is. Michael Givens in week nine, the week we just had. Three innings, eight earned, 13 runs. Minus... $44.59 of value. Yeah. That is insane, dude. Um, Jeff Zimmerman, our colleague, said he took him, single-handedly took him out of his first place in main event league. And, I mean, the impact of this, it's only three innings, but, like, that, that, is, a, that is a punch, on your on your ERA and WHIP, that you need at least two two gems to counter, right? At, at least. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty brutal. Uh, I took him uh, in the second chance league with my second to last pick. Well, uh, 
There's your first cut. Yeah, well, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. By I, the way, sorry. The point of bringing him up was that they're moving away from Michael Gibbons as yeah, closer. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, I uh, I took a nap before we started this podcast, so I'd be a little bit more awake. Mm-hmm. And I uh, walked, left him in. Yeah, I left him in like one minute after lock, uh, after I saw the news. So well, here's the brutal. good thing: they're not in Coors Field anymore, mm-hmm. and they're hosting the Tigers. And the Giants this week. How dare you? And it was the Yankees and Rockies in Coors that that did the damage. And it, I mean, listen, it's both of our garbage teams. Come on. Of course, I make fun of my own team, and they they trounce uh, Thor and ruin my <laughs> Giolito shutout. I'm I'm sorry to make this all about me, but I was I my blood boils when I think about that. Like it just makes me so mad. I, I I took the big gamble with Giolito. I'm I'm trending pretty low in my main event. I'm saying, you know what? He's been pitching so well. Let's take a shot here. Let's, let's you know, this could blow Houston. up. But let's start him in Houston here. Take a calculated major gamble. Let's try to get if he could repeat his Toronto outing, the one that he just had, five innings, one run, four strikeouts. I would I would do backflips. How about a nine strikeout shutout? How's that work for you, Paul? Excellent. I did six backflips. I broke my back. Cool. Next day or two days later, asshole Thor, six earned against the Tigers. Uh. You are a whore, and I hate you. I hate you a lot. Anyway, back to Givens. I'm sorry I derailed. Um, Listen, the answer is probably it doesn't matter, but it does. Everyone's chasing saves. Any saves you can get matter. So who are they going to go to? I mean, it's, I, so it's I think they're going to do a committee. Awesome. And which makes me not want to like right now, like I don't know if you're looking at roster resources page, but roster resource currently has them with a six person committee. Ooh. I was going to say, did they do what they did earlier in the season for Seattle where they got like seven, eight guys there, yeah, six people? Yeah, they got six guys there. It's right, pretty much uh, uh, Richard Blyer and Paul okay, Fry, lefty. which are the lefties. Yep. Miguel Castro, Sean Armstrong, Brandon Klein, and Josh Lucas. Okay. You know what I should have now, done? I should have made up I was up a going name. to say well, I'm going to pick which one is not the real person. I was just about to say that because those should, are not all real people. Yeah, I should I should have been like Jeff Smith. <laughs> um. <laughs> you should have been like Jim Rogers. I'm like, oh, I like Rogers a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I lie. I, I make yeah. some. I'm like, dude, I saw Rogers in AFL, dude. He's pretty good. You're like, Paul, that was the fake one. You lose. <laughs> so oh, here's the I, uh, look, let's say they're actually going to split it up between three or four guys. They have 16 wins this year. How? So are you really going to go invest a bunch of fab in someone who might get you two or three saves rest of the way? No. I mean, no. You, just avoid you're right. The whole so maybe, situation. It, maybe it just doesn't matter. How about, um, I'm, you know, the one I would might look at, though, if I was going to look at one, and it's based off of 10 innings. I'm literally just going off the tiny sample. It'd be Josh Lucas. He has 10 in the third um, with 11 strikeouts, two walks, 340 ADRA, 107 whip. Uh, that's all I got, man. I, I, full full stat 
scouting. I mean, I, I got nothing else. Uh, Sean Armstrong, I remember being slightly interested in him uh, when he back was with when he was back with Cleveland as maybe like one of these next guys who could be a uh, big flamethrower out of the out of the bullpen. It didn't, never really came to fruition. In fact, he's bounced around a bit. He was with Seattle last year. And to start this season, flamed out with them. Now he's latched on with Baltimore. I think I agree with you, though. Don't even mess with it. If you had Givens, you took it on the chin, I wouldn't get back in this bullpen here. Um, I just can't really see anything. You know, the name that that interests me, but he's not up right now, and he's not that good either, like he still needs to develop, <laughs> is Tanner Scott. He's nasty from the left side. I did actually see him in Arizona Fall League, but um, – he would put Brad Brock's walks to shame, to be honest. Yeah, I I just don't think they're. All right, well then let's stop wasting anything. time on it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm leaving looking in their minor leagues. Uh, I think Lucas is the only one on this team that has a save in the uh, in the month of May. Okay. So I'm gonna more, guess... more than they can say about Jordan Hicks. Yeah. Unless did he get one this week? Because I I don't think he has one all month. And he blew one last night. I, unless he got one on Saturday, I think that stat still holds. For no, he did. He got one. Yeah, on Saturday. But until then, I'll, he had, I'll tell had you, one. Today. The one thing that was really apparent to me uh, when I was doing these second trans drafts was you take closers early. Like Dude. I know everybody's like, don't pay for saves. Like this Bull. is. If we're not blowing out like the whole "don't pay for saves" theory this season, I don't know when we're ever going to do it. Because exactly, like by the time we got to like round twenty, there were no closers left. I mean, it was and, Sergio Romo and Michael Givens and <laughs> and guys like that that are just going to destroy you um, for a for a handful of saves. Yeah, and you and I took that approach. In fact, so we will transition here. By the way, I'll mention. Brandon Klein, decent stuff, that last guy in the Baltimore. So Klein and Lucas would be the two I'm looking at. I know some of you guys are desperate. you got to get any save you can get, or you're an AL only. Klein or Lucas are, are who I would put my money on and and just pray. But uh, now let's get to the leagues. You had first pick, so we're going to focus on your, your draft first. And you did subscribe to getting the closers early. Of course, you went Trout. You mentioned you got Snell, too. Whit Merrifield at three, which, by the way, I was kind of surprised that he didn't go a little bit earlier. Maybe not. Well, I guess too I, much recency bias. Yeah, that's that's true. And he's only hitting two ninety three. <laughs> he's so awesome. Seven homers, eight steals. Um, and then you did get Blackman. Obviously, that one's a bummer right now, but it could totally pan out to be fine if this is a short term issue. Um, and then you got Bauer. So we know those are your first five. But then you went Trine and Vasquez. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I'm with you. I, when we get to my team, I also stocked up on. I wasn't going to be left holding the bag or going for clowns or trying to play fab with it. So walk us through your first seven picks here where you had three pitchers, uh, or excuse me, first uh, six pick. Wait, one, one, oh, four pitchers, excuse me. That's why counting's hard. Four pitchers, three hitters. Walk us through your first seven here and what your overall strategy was. Well, I, I didn't really have a strategy. I knew I was taking Trout one. I, there were people telling me I should take Yellish or people telling me I, was, I why? should take Bellinger. Why? Because they've been so good, and I get the, the process why people took these guys ahead of Trout. Like Trout made it to, I think Scott Pianowski. He got him at, at three. Three, yeah. And like I, I get it, but I, I just think it's one. It's a bit try hard. And yeah, that's the exact phrase two, I was going to. 
like look at the health histories of these guys. Yelich has dealt with a back issue this year, and Bellinger's mm-hmm. dealt with all sorts of injuries uh, throughout his uh, you know short career. So I, I don't understand just the stability of Trout. Just to me, makes him the clear number one guy. Even the year he busted his finger up, he was still like the eighth hitter or some crazy yeah, stuff he was like on that. An unreal pace that year. I mean, it was just... Exactly. Yeah. You know, I understand what those two have done and I'm fine with them actually going two, three, uh, you know, moving up from their um, preseason draft positions. Although Yelich wasn't too far Bellinger. It's about a two round jump and I'm fine with that. But I just, why do you complicate things and, and, and just go away from, if anything, haven't you already, I don't know, you know, if you believe in like the regression patterns and the way things generally work, wouldn't you say some of the best of Bellinger and, and Yelich has has already been absorbed, and maybe Trout has some more coming? Yeah, I just you know I, I just don't I don't see the rationale that I that that I couldn't come up with a rationale. I couldn't for do taking it. anybody else, and so I, I took Trout, and then I I knew well enough that. Not to make a plan for the two-three turn, yeah. I, I knew we were going to have no to get a starting pitcher, but I just I thought that this was, and it, it turned out to be one of those drafts where people just went and got their guys. They didn't care as much about ADP uh, as you know other drafts uh, earlier in the season. Uh, people really reached on guys that they wanted. We, you know, I saw Gallo go uh, at oh, pick fifteen. Mention where he went. Yeah, yeah. what yeah. was that? Pick fifteen, so, dude, and Josh Bell went at pick twenty, dude. <laughs> so uh, it just was a draft where I I was like, okay, I'm just gonna take the best available player through like the first five rounds. I'm not gonna worry about uh, position. I'm not gonna worry about uh, anything else for the first five rounds, and then after round five, that's when I'm gonna start thinking about, you know, looking at my team and going, okay, how can I turn a stra- turn this into a strategy? And so I, I went Trout, Snell, Merrifield, Blackman, Bauer. Uh, and then I looked and I went, you know what? I don't really like a lot of the hitters that I would normally t- – I was really hoping that Jose Altuve would fall to me oh, in the man. sixth round. And my, my, uh, my boy uh, Colin Weatherax from Friends of Fantasy Benefits popped on him. He took the Justin Mason all IL injury approach. Did he learn nothing from his boss? He did not, because uh, he took Altuve, Stanton, Clevenger, uh, Craig Kimbrell in the twelfth, which I thought was a really sneaky pick, actually. Um, Wait, say say that again. Uh, uh, Kimbrell in the twelfth. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, so on Kimbrell. Yeah, we were talking. So I, I streamed mine on Twitch, and you did a podcast for yours, and I was saying. Um, he got him in the twelfth. He yeah. went in the seventh in my league. That twelfth yeah. is great. I was saying you should almost be more confident in Kimbrell now than we were in the in the preseason. Obviously, we didn't know that June he would get punched in here. Yeah, right around. But the yeah, corner. now that we know that he's almost certain to sign after the draft now, which again it was a possibility coming into the season, but it was not known or expected. So he was being taken kind of in the middle of drafts or whatever. But at this point, I was kind of treating him like himself for the most yeah. part. And if I hadn't gotten the duo that I got, Kimbrell would have been on my radar firmly. And then uh, did you say he got Clevenger as well? Yeah, Clevenger uh, and, and then Kluber. What so, round did he get Clev Dog? 
he got Clevenger in the 11th. Dude, eighth in my round in my league. He got some good bargains on Kimbrel yeah. and Clevenger. And then he took Kluber in the 18th. Because I didn't hate either price on those two. Uh, Kluber went 25th in my league, so he, he paid some of it back there. But once you get past like 15, it's even yeah. more open than the drafts were at large already. So, yeah, so. and and then and then he spent. It was a, Collins. Uh, for those who don't know, he he's one of my podcasters and writers at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Uh, he, he loves to talk a lot of trash, um, uh, but he's actually a very, very good fantasy guy. Uh, he won his main, he, he did his first main event league last year, won it. Um, and he's uh, going hard on the Nats. Yeah. Yeah. We were joking. He's after his first four picks. I was like, so Nat stack. Seriously. Oh no. What am I doing? And then, and then, I mean, and then he's getting I, he, the good ones. He took, and then he took Nola. I was like, "What are you going to do when Nola goes up against Ooh, the Nationals?" <laughs> like, that that is tough. I mean, you know, like, we don't do talk about for? stuff like that, but like, you know, you got to balance it. You can't be perfect to where your pitchers avoid your mm-hmm. your best hitters. But I guess if you are going to stack one team like that and get the three best he got for those wondering, it's Trey Turner, Rendon, and Soto, and then he got Nola. I don't know. Maybe you do go a different route than Nola there, just because of that potential there. Uh, the next pitcher off the board was uh, actually three in a row, four in a row. It was Castillo, five in a row, six in a row. Uh, Castillo, Barrios, Bieber, Paddock, Ryu. Would you have taken any of them over? I know you still like Nola, so my guess is no. But would you have taken any of those over Nola in Collins' situation to avoid the NL East thing? I think you can make an argument for Castillo. Yeah. Uh... I mean, as much as I like Paddock, he's dark, he's now dealing with some sort of back issue, stiff neck uh, type of yeah, back thing, and 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 who knows how many innings they're going to let him go if they fall out of it this year. Carrasco was there too, by the way. All those yeah. went, all those guys. Castillo Carrasco Barrios. had gotten blown up earlier that day, and so that's what I ah there you his, go uh, his kind of fall from because I I was I was like, well, if he comes back to me in the sixth round, do I take my third starter? Uh, because I was it's Carlos Carrasco, you yeah, do. Yeah, like I mean, so it was really it was really difficult for me. But he ends up he ended up uh, getting grabbed um, by uh, the guy we had come on the podcast. Uh, okay, coming so who, uh, who who was really sharp. And then we joked like as soon as he we we uh, kicked him off the podcast, like his his whole draft went off the rails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was he was getting uh, osmosis there. He was getting some of y'all's knowledge, and then and then his draft went off the the rails there. Once you guys started talking without him, uh, so then you got your two closers. And I, again, I, I saw I saw the guy in team at uh, team twelve take two closers on the three four, and I felt that was really too early. But one of the things I love to do when I'm on the turn is grab closers back to back, and I didn't want to have happen uh, or have what happened to me in TGFBI, where I kind of I've been struggling for saves in TGFBI. I've got a really good team, other than that, but I only have like five saves this year in that. Oh league. damn! Um, you know, and in sixth place in the league, if I had you know two locked on closers. I'd probably be winning that league right now. And so, and just the, the closing landscape has been so awful on the bottom. Oh my goodness. That I just it's... wanted to avoid it. And uh, I was afraid that there was going to be a run starting. Osuna had gone and Chapman had gone uh, ahead of me in that round. And so I just double tapped. Yeah. And I don't blame you at all. You went Trinan Vasquez, 
um, like you said, it had really started to go. It was Hader Yates, the the guy who did it in the three four turn on the twelve on the twelve pick there. Uh, then Diaz and like you said, Osuna, Chapman, and then you went Trine and Vasquez, and then Hand, Jansen, Doolittle all went in that round. Hicks went in the eighth, and then a big run started to happen. Yeah, at so nine, nine, they ten, they started to, to go in the eighth round. All the guys had gone. I mean, the, Rossi Iglesias and Colome were still available. Ken Giles still available, but that was pretty much it. Uh, Shane Green still available. Well, and those are some of the trade candidates too. Mm-hmm. Now they could be traded into closer roles. They're not always. I think sometimes we we say like this guy's going to be traded, and we assume that they're going to be traded out of a closer role. It depends, right? Yeah. Some of the contending teams don't have closers, and they'd be trading to put these guys in their role. But you didn't want to deal with it. I don't blame you at all. Uh, so let's pick up after that. You've got your closers set. You've got you've got two power starters with Snell and Bauer. I know Bauer's been uh, a bumpy in May after an amazing April. He talked after his start against Tampa Bay, said he felt really good. I don't think there's an injury or anything no. like that. I, honestly, I just think – I kind of think it's it, what I was worried about is happening where he just kind of tinkers <laughs> in and out and maybe tries – you know, does things a little bit yep. too much over indexes here and there. But – I would. I was not afraid to draft him here in uh, in, in the second chancers though, because I knew the price would come down. Yeah. Although you got a better discount on him than than he went for in my league. So now you feel like you have to go for some offense, I imagine, because four of your first six, uh, four of your first seven were pitching, and offense you took your next seven picks yeah. were hitters. So kind of walk us through rounds eight through fifteen here on what your strategy was and how much recency bias versus how much you were still trusting the front, uh, the, the projections that we had from back in March. I tried to stay away too much from recency bias. I mean, obviously, when you see things on certain guys, you, you pop on them. Uh, but for the most part, and you know, as I kind of read off these names, uh, I don't think anybody's going to accuse me of recency bias on, on no. any of them. Uh, I was shocked to see Andrew Benatendi fall to the bottom of the eighth round. Dude, he he he. he, he the the, mar- the market's angry games. with yeah. him. The market's angry with him. Uh, Chris Chris List got him in a similar position, and uh, his ADP was sixty seventh. That your draft was pick ninety six. Yeah, it just you got the low. That was your low. Yeah, I, I I've never been a big Benintendi guy. I just haven't. I, I was not high on him in draft season this year. Uh, I've always been a little bit soft on him compared to a lot of the other people in the industry. Uh, he's more of kind of a sum of all the parts kind of guy than yeah. I tend to draft. And, and great anyway. context, yes. right? So you you mix that all up and being on Boston, he ends up looking good, but never really carries you in anything. Yeah, but at this point in the draft, I was like, you have to take him, right? Dude, you stole him. I mean, that I... I 96 you're literally the low he went as high as 43 as low as 96 you set the low you absolutely have to take him there and he was a great pairing with paul de young who uh you know is just as good as carlos correa but went five rounds later dude (laughs) i took correa by the way i know you did um and I don't regret it. And I would have taken Paul DeYoung and put him in my middle if 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 the draft had dropped right. I just, uh, but you know, you've looked really strong on that all year. <laughs> and it's not even an anti-Korea thing at this point. It's just been pro DeYoung. Yeah. 
because he's been so good. And Correa you, has been better than I thought he would be. But uh, of course, Paul of course. Young has been amazing, and he's been he was so much cheaper. And so again, that was your point. And you know, he's got more steals than Correa. Because I it's said three Correa more. stopped running. He did. He absolutely did. And DeYoung has four right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I really did like that with, with Benintendi. Um, and you've got Paul DeYoung, Michael Conforto, Matt Olson. We are, we are Olson brothers here. I got him as well. Justin Turner, Nelson Cruz, Malik Smith, and Rugnet Odor. Yeah, no one's going to accuse you of recency bias. Not even on DeYoung because he was your guy early. And then all the other guys, no way would, would you be accused of like just overreacting. So, this is an interesting core here. I think this core makes or breaks your your league here. Obviously, it's a seven player grouping. Yeah. But I think if they perform uh, up to where they where they were projected uh, coming into this year or better, you've got a really strong chance to make some noise here. Yeah, I uh, I really liked it. I felt like I took a bunch of guys that maybe either have age concerns or they aren't sexy or health. Yeah, or health uh, in terms of uh, Olsen and uh, Conforto and Cruz. But, I mean, Conforto, I think he is back, right? Um, yes. I, I know when I drafted him, there was question about when he was going to be back from the concussion. So, yeah, he's going to uh, – He's uh, he batted third yesterday. Yeah, he played yesterday, I thought so. so. Uh, and then Cruz is supposed to be back pretty soon. Uh, and and then, that offense, oh my god, you got to get in that that Twins offense. Dude. Yeah, that Twins offense is unreal. They're going to run away with that division. Um, and then Malik Smith, I know he's been shaky since he came back, but again, he he walks, which is a good thing, and steals bases. And my team needed just a little boost on speed at that point, uh, and just kind of buying low on Rugnet Odor. Uh, yeah, which you a guy you've been pro on, and he fits your pattern of you know I'll take a, a super challenged batting average and hope things go well. I believe his un, under the hood is pretty good for yeah. Odor as far as stat cast and, and stuff. And because I'd set such a uh, safe batting average floor, mm-hmm. like, I can take that. I can you know I, I got Trout, I got Merrifield, I've got Blackman, I've got Benatendi, I've got Justin Turner. You know later yep. on I grab Miggy. Uh, you know, I set myself up with a pretty safe floor right there. So uh, I, I felt pretty good about taking kind of one of those batting average sinks. I, I, I regretted it a little bit later because I scooter Jeanette went in the 18th ah, round. And, and your desire bad. to roster hurt guys is well, just he, so he's strong to be back in two weeks. I know. So I just, I and, I, and I love scooter Jeanette. Um, I considered him too, by the way, I, I, I played chicken with, with Jeanette and uh, I, I missed him barely, but no, I just got to give you a little heat on that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I like that. So oh, don't worry. I now, got my injury guys later. You, you did, but you got them later. And of course you got the, the landscaper. You got Kyle Gibson. What yep. draft will be complete. You ended up, uh, you know, semi, uh, you semi punted catching. The only thing I would say, the only reason I say semi is because you got him late. But I actually like the duo you got. You I went Chirinos, perfectly solid power in a great lineup. Yeah, the great lineup, and is, then yeah. Kurt Suzuki. We're talking about under the hood. His stat cast remains off the charts. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't get volume because uh, Gomes is there, and Gomes is going to continue to play plenty. But Kurt Suzuki is strong, and he continues 
to just defy uh, age and just have this crazy breakout. He's uh, he's my C two as well, and so I, I I like what you did there with with catching. Was the plan to just you know not even consider Gary Sanchez, Real Muto, and just wait on it? They just went earlier than I expected them to in a twelve team league. Mm-hmm. In a fifteen team league, I'm okay with the catchers. You know, Gary Sanchez went with the second or the first pick of the second round. And I would be okay with that if it was a 15-team league. But while catching has been bad, there's been a lot of pop-up guys. And those exactly. pop-up guys have lengthened the amount of catchers uh, or enlarged the amount of catching, uh, catchers in the pool that are viable. And so in a 12-team league, you can actually get away with kind of just waiting. And I just wanted two guys that weren't going to hurt me. They weren't going to hurt me that. batting average. They're going to put up counting stats because of the uh, the lineups they're in. And, and I got that you know, in round 19 and around 27, as opposed to Sanchez, who went in the second round, beginning of second round, Wilson Contreras and Real Muto went in the third rounds. Uh, just, it felt like those guys just popped a little bit earlier, especially considering how long I could wait. You know, another guy that you set the low on that I was really impressed by here, your little 16, 17, 18 trio of pitching, Robbie Ray, Joe Musgrove, Andrew Heaney, you set the low on Ray. And I've not really been a huge Ray guy, but to get him 192 when he was going um, on average, well, his average ended up being 154. You brought that down. So he was probably going something like 145 or whatever. Or maybe your one pick wouldn't make that much of a difference. But either way, let's say he's going 150. Like you got him 192 for Robbie Ray. Musgrove, who I do love, that was a strong pick as well. Um, I know he's been up and down here and there over the last few starts, but by and large, I like him. And then Heaney, a guy you like who's bounced back or who, who just came back from injury. And he that trio yesterday. Yeah, that trio is is a nice little trio of pitchers, especially because you're stocked on pitching early, too. You're not relying. They're, they're not pivotal for you, but they can be major assets there. So uh, tell us a little bit about that trio that you got there with Ray Musgrove and Andrew Heaney. It was complete panic. <laughs> because mean, he'd gone seven straight hitters. Uh, well, it was it was like I need a starter because yeah, I've gone I've gone so much hitting, uh, and I I only have two starters at this point. We're in the sixteenth round, and I I've I'm looking across the board, and everybody's got four or five starters. And I went, oh my god, I need a starter, and I start scrolling, and I go, ugh, do we really want Zach Eflin here? Is it too early for? Uh, you know, guys like Chris Bassett, who I like, or, you know, Jimmy Nelson got activated and then demoted. And oh, yeah. uh, I don't really like what's going to happen with Kikuchi uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the way they're going to skip his starts or, or pull him in, in games and things like that. Uh, and I kept looking at Robbie Ray and going, oh, man, that whip, that whip can be so brutal. Because mm-hmm. I think it's like a one three, four. Uh, I mean, right he now. still walks the yard, mm-hmm. but that's where Musgrove comes in, mm-hmm. and that was the thing. It was a pairing, and uh, you know, and I'll give some credit to to Colin, uh, uh, who was on the pod with me. Is like, you know, they kind of work well together, and I, you know, perfectly together. Yeah, and so I just popped on both of them, and then Andrew Heaney. We we saw he was going to be getting that start. On Sunday, and while I couldn't necessarily, uh, I wasn't going to be able to use his stats because the league start today, 
I, I knew at least I was going to be able to get a chance to see him before throwing him in my lineup for the week. And exactly. Uh, and I'm a big Andrew. I've always been a big Andrew. Yes. Guy. That's your guy. So then you got Severino in the 20th. Good stash there. We talked about Gibson. Jeff Samarja has been fine. I mean, you know, not bad for what you paid for. Someone that you're probably going to go not always start him, but you're going to put him in plenty. Another whip guy, too. 327 ERA, 117 whip. The Ks haven't really been there, and you you mostly want to start him at home only, but uh, I liked that one. But he, but he also has a nice two-start week. It's on the road, but it's uh, at Miami and at Baltimore this week. I mean, come on. So. That 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 is really nice. I actually picked him up for for that two start in, in a league. Um, Evaldi again, you you love injury stashes, so you had to get another well, good one there. He had just had a bullpen. They said he looked really really good. Uh, Boston needs him back in that rotation. Yes, so, they do. Uh, like I thought, okay, I can wait a week or two, you know, because I haven't taken a ton of other injury stashes. At least I didn't think I had. <laughs> and Dude. So, I think you said another freaking low here. Yes, you did. On Gerard Dyson, which really surprises me that he went so late. I which, by the way. Oh, okay. I, I didn't need fine. the outfielder, and I don't need the speed, so I ended up, I dropped him afterwards. Um, you, don't, you don't like him better than Tilson? I really like Tilson a lot. <laughs> I know you do. I know you and do. I, and, and Dyson has got some serious regression coming. But I mean, you you set the low on him at two eighty nine. Like I I got him in the freaking sixteenth uh, round, and I thought that was fine because I did need a little bit of speed, and I actually have to kind of go with him. Of course, Peralta getting hurt. I mean, his playing time is going to be there. I just need him to run. If he doesn't hit two seventy, like that's fine. Yeah, I'm just uh, worried about him hitting like two thirty. Though I mean, I probably I had to drop an outfielder, and I really like Tilson, and so that's why I. I, I held you, on well, you stuck with your guy. You yeah. stuck, and you didn't pay the same. Like if I take, if I'd have dropped Dyson the next day, well then you'd be like, what the hell did you take him in the sixteenth round for? You took him in the twenty fifth round. So I think you kind of had that that uh, leeway to to move on from him if you didn't like him. Um, then you finished up with Ikoff, uh, Suzuki was there, Smoke, Givens, Tilson. Um, so all in all, I, I, by the way, Miggy in the twenty third round. Nice little batting average boost there too, and no power really, but uh, is still hitting like 290 or something. All in all, I think this team can can definitely work. Uh, particularly, you don't need your injury guys to come back and and set the team off. They are luxuries in this case, so I'm much more comfortable with Severino and Ivaldi because you're not really relying on them. Uh, what do you think you're What do you think you're going to be attacking most via Fab and and hoping to uh, hoping to find some fortune in that. that where, where are you weakest, I guess? I think, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be going after saves when I see saves come, come on the wire. I mean, I've got the two closers, but in a 12-team league, it's really nice to get that third guy yeah. uh, to kind of really set you apart. Um, Agreed. So, and then I think I have maybe a little issue with power. It kind of depends on how long Blackman's out for, how, how much longer Cruz is, is out for. And so if I see, you know, your, well, actually, Jordan Oliver has got, got picked in, in this league. So, yeah, of um, course he but, was going to go. Yeah. No, the guy, the guy on the, uh, in the, on the 12 uh, turn uh, to the 12 slot turn and uh, 17, 18 took Alvarez and Tucker. 
Oh, wow. So he's just saying, yo, Houston, get, give me something well, here. Well, because the Springer news broke. Yes, and okay. So, and, and they hadn't announced that they were bringing up Derek And they picked Fisher. up Derek Fisher, so dude. He, what a he, troll job. He, he was like, well, I might as well get one of these guys is going to pop for me right now. Not yet. Um, but, I mean, he also, like, he – like he, like I said, he's the guy who took Hater and Yates, but he also like he had some interesting picks, like the Paddock Ryu pairing as his top two mm-hmm. starters. Uh, that could work out really, really well, or be really, really awful, considering it could be light on innings for those two. Yeah, especially because his third starter is Rich Hill. Oh, his, Mr. His Mr. Four, Reliable. His fourth starter is Julio Tehran. Oh. And then he's got okay. Yanni Chirinos uh, and uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, the so, rest of his staff. Um, K count's just going to be tough because of mm-hmm. innings there. I mean, it's yeah. like the K per nine for his team, his K rate will be fine, but Oh, he took volume... Zach Gallon, too, who's not in the majors. Who's not in the majors yet. So he's spec- he was kind of – like I had a full-on recency bias guy. In fact, mm-hmm. he's so much so that he changed his name to recency bias. So I yeah. appreciate that, that he's – He's diving into the meme. Did you have any like this guy kind of did it, but did you have anybody that was like full on? Give me Riley, give me Bell, yeah. g- like give me everyone doing well right now. Our, our team six started out Mondesi, Bell, Rosario. He also added uh, Devers and Chavis. Um, Hell, and even Buxton and and uh, Domingo Herman. Yeah, uh, boy, uh, uh, Odorizzi. Yeah, Hansel uh, Hansel Robles. Um, Chris Damn. Bassett, uh, Astidio, uh, yeah, I think Pence. he qualifies yeah. the most for you. He also, for... you know, he also uh, rostered Jesus Lazardo, so he's like trying to trying to get ahead of the recency bias. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He has oh, he has pre- recency bias. Oh yeah, there you go. So, you know, um, Mondesi in the first round, I, I kind of figured he was going to go in the first round, and I picked nine, and I and I would have even considered him maybe if my pitcher hadn't been there, which I ended up taking Verlander. So we won't, we won't go too crazy on my team here, but I'll just give you an idea. I, I picked from the ninth spot. I went Verlander, Snell, Harper, Correa, Hader, Osuna. So I had four pitchers in my first six picks, and I felt really good about it. I just thought there was going to be offense in the middle rounds that I was comfortable with. I wanted to get premium pitching both on the starting and closing ends, and uh, I definitely did that. You know, I guess Kimbrell could go to Milwaukee, but I think some people are still telling themselves that Hader isn't the closer. But if he's not, then who is? Because he is. He absolutely is the closer. And and for me, the best uh, the best reliever in the game right now. So that's why I went with, with him there. Uh, and then I did go five hitters in a row: Victor Robles, Ozzy Albies, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, and Cattell Marte. To, uh, to get the hitting back on track. Then I went Bumgarner, Musgrove, uh, Barnes, and three of my next four Matt Barnes with Otani mixed in. Um, Dyson, Verdugo, they, they kind of round out my outfield a little bit with Harper Robles. I took uh, Grichuk later, and then I took a guy that probably didn't even go in your draft because I, I might have been the only one to take him. And this is a, a nod to the bat because um, – Jordan Luplau was highly projected with the bat. He was like projected to be the 
like 28th outfield the rest of season wow. with 23 homers and six steals. And I was like, whoa, okay. You know, I was, you know, just making my list, cross-referencing some stuff. I did want to look at a rest of season projection and, and the, the bat had him projected to go off power wise. And so I, I took, I took Jordan Lopez and we'll see if, we'll see if that pans out, but that was kind of my sneak pick there. I want to see if, uh, if the bat is right on that one. He did uh, not go in my league. He only went in one other, and that person took him even later than I did at 355. I took him 321. Uh, I will say nod to Jason, who uh, is still out on. Uh, who? Uh, he, he's injured. So he's, he's on the IL. Yeah, on so the you IL. drafted him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's on my main event team. Um, <laughs> uh, he actually talked up Luplo a couple weeks ago. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I, I was really intrigued by that, and, and that was who stood out to me when I was doing some cross-referencing with the bat rest of season. Uh, but, yeah, looking at my, at my squad, what, what do you think of it? I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on what I was able to do from the nine spot. I really liked your team. I know I, I threw the, uh, uh, the, the, the floating trash can at you. Yes, of course. Um, you know. Uh, you're mean and you like to hurt feelings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, the rest of your league did not go pitching early, and so maybe you should have waited. But I think that's uh, kind of hindsight's twenty twenty on that. Yeah, uh, I love. Yeah, the, I uh, did not think that that was going to play that way. Like I thought, yeah. I almost thought I was going to kind of spark something too, and I really, I really didn't. No, with Verlander Snell. Yeah, I mean, the, the when the one, two, and three team don't take a picture until the third round, and. I mean the the one two uh, the one slot didn't take a picture until God it seven was, yeah seventh oh he and was then in six my league too. too wait he was yeah I'm oh so well, sure he, he, was. he was he was the recency bias guy in my team oh wow that's interesting was, was he team twelve in your league but uh, yeah so we that's why I asked you because here's the recency bias guy in my team he had the number one pick he goes Yelich. Bell, uh, Josh Bell, Austin Riley, Michael Brantley, Eddie Rosario, Nick Senzel, Mike Soroka, Charlie Morton, Domingo Herman, uh, Muncie is perfectly fine, solid pick, Jorge Polanco, Steve Ciszek, Max Freed, Jordan Alvarez. And so I was streaming this on Twitch, and like we called his 16th pick. Like, well, he's got to take La Stella soon, right, to go with his recency <laughs> bias. Boom, takes him with Luke Jackson. Then Josh Fegley gets Mercado, uh, Craig, uh, Kevin Biggio on a turn. Like he was just all in on the guys who've been hot so far. And I don't know, man. Like he, uh, he took Austin Riley in the fourth in mind. He was the eleventh, uh, the eleventh slot. He he started Story Freeman Brantley. We th- okay. I think we talked about him before the start. Uh, then Riley uh, Bieber Soroka. Uh, Segura. So he definitely he definitely has some recency. Like he's got Brandon Lowe uh, and Max Freed. Uh, but it's not as crazy. No, it's not quite as crazy. Though it gets crazier as the draft goes on. So you know, I like a lot of those players. I, I do too. I think it's really hard though. I don't know. It just seems like it's going to be difficult to put together. To, to to win with, with all that because like those guys have to come back to the pack even if they're good the rest of the way right they can't all stay this hot like I got no uh, wow yeah I can kind of get in the fifth in yours and Rosario I think went in the second or third in mine what I want to say let me 
I'm trying to figure out where my draft. There's my draft board. Yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah, third. He Pick went in third. the third. He went in the yeah. He went in the two two R recency bias guys. So he got wow. out recency biased. Uh, but and I want to say he went earlier that in that in another draft I saw. Let me see what his uh, what his high was I, I, for. I bet Eddie his high Rosario. is in the top twenty four. You are not wrong at all. Yeah, it's fourteen. Like yeah, that's right. Okay. He went from 14 to 76. That's got to be one of the widest ranges of a top 50 ADP because that's pretty wild. Actually, here's a big one. and th- But this is injury-based, though, so it doesn't even really count. George Springer went from 6 to 62. Oof, but that's, that's six. That, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's the hell. Yeah. That's um, pre-injury, post-injury, without a doubt, right? It's got to so be. So Bell, Bell's split is one of the biggest, too, 17 to 72. Yeah, I'd seen that too coming into our draft, and was like, "Yeah, I love Josh Bell. Uh, I, I was big on him coming into the season. Uh, big, you know, thanks to Ariel Cohen and, and his kind of identification of his being just way underdrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not spending a top, you know, two round pick on him. No, I was really hoping like third because that would have been three dot nine for me. If he had been there, I was open to it." But he went uh, pick twenty four. He went the the end yeah, of the second yeah, round. Yeah, he went right in the middle of the second round, in mine. So it just it just wasn't happening. So it, it, it's, that, that's just fine, you know. Yeah, it, it's all right. So I, you know, I was pretty happy to get Otani. Uh, I like to. I'm eager to see what he can but do. Why? Wait, you don't like Otani? I'm. <sighs> You're still so worried about like he's gonna play. But like he 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 hasn't been great yet, has he? Unless, no, unless but. He's... Unless he's done something that, like in the last few days, like it's well, that's I mean that's why I got him in the fourteenth round. If he'd already been good, he'd have gone way higher. I don't know. I was pretty I was pretty happy with that. My pitching staff after Verlander, Snell, and then the two closers, Hader, Osuna, the uh, and loves the, Otani. But as they should, because he's awesome. I got Odorizzi, Bumgarner, Musgrove, Eflin, uh, Wade Miley, just because he's been good. Matt Barnes, Pablo Lopez, our boy Ross Stripling, and my last pick was Dylan Bundy, specifically for this week. <laughs> Detroit and San Francisco. They're say- right now he's not penciled in for the second start against San Francisco on Sunday, but I don't know if they're going to give him a full week off because then he would pitch Tuesday to Tuesday, and I don't think Gabriel and Noah needs a two-start week over somebody like Bundy. So I, I, I think he'll still get it, uh, but even for a start against Detroit for my last pick, I'll take a shot. He'll probably do better against Detroit than stupid Thor did. I'll tell you that right now. That is probably true. That's sad, by the way. Um, But yeah, overall, I loved this. I really am happy that they did it. I hope this has met well. I do believe it did sell out um, uh, all 15 leagues. And so hopefully everything went well. Uh, As far as that, they weren't, you know, thinking like, well, we can't do this again because we didn't get enough. Uh, I like that team. Uh, my my only criticism of your team is it it feels like uh, uh, a Talladega Knights team. I'm either first or last. Yeah, I think you're either you first think so? or last. Yeah, I just think there's uh there's well, quite a bit of upside, though. but I don't know how safe your floor. Is. Yeah, I I, I can so. see I can see that on on a lot of the guys, but uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. You know, I I didn't want to pay up for catcher. 
to any significant degree. I can't believe Jonathan Lucroy has been good. I took him in the 18th. I, I did what you did almost uh, directly because I think you went Chirinos in the 17th. I went Lucroy in the 18th. And then we both took Suzuki in 24 and 25 respectively. So, um, yeah, we were pretty pretty similar there. I, I'm I'm really excited about this, though. The 12s have actually been two of my best leagues this year, the Beat Pulse 4 Leagues. I'm actually doing halfway decent in those, so hopefully I can continue some some success here and uh, that, maybe that, bring it bring it home. That guy in your league that was in the two slot, yes, man, the start of that offense is just it's sick. Trout, Bryant, Vlad, Altuve, Soto. That's why he didn't take a picture till the fifth, and then he still got Barrios, Bieber. Like I love what he did, yeah. Flaherty Hendricks and Hendricks yeah. is just like that stabilizer. His saves are a little challenged with with Parker Holland and Kelly, but okay. And then he's got Kluber waiting in the wings. He did well. Uh, so did Chris Fargus from uh, uh, from DraftKings picking mm-hmm. tenth. Everyone in my Twitch chat Aaron really liked Otto's his story. Bauer, Kershaw, Ozuna, Grandal, Fam, Abreu, Ryu. Yeah, that's a pretty. Oh, and then he got Stanton in the thirteenth. Yep. He yeah. really didn't take too too much flair. He got a few pieces, you know, Keston here in the 17th. That's not even an overpay, I don't think. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like the guys that he got that have been good so far were not overpays. Woodruff 16, he was 17, Spencer Turnbull 21. These are in spots where they can't really hurt him. And uh, he nipped me on Shaw. I was taking Shaw in the 26th. He took him up before me. I ended up with Kike Hernandez, which is fine. But I, I kind of played a little bit of chicken there. Would you have taken Dietrich or Shaw? Derek Dietrich or Shaw? Shaw. Uh, I, yeah. I almost took Shaw uh, late in mine. And it was just one of those where I just kind of kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. And then someone, yep. I can't remember where he went in mine. but I um, got the exact same thing. I just kept pushing him and, and taking different round. guys. Damn. Yeah, he, he, Dietrich and Saul went back-to-back in my league, actually. So, uh, yeah, in the 25th round, I was debating those two, and Dietrich did also had some pretty good projection from the bat. So I was like, oh, I'll go Dietrich right now. I'll get Shaw on the way back. And Fargus said, I don't think so, Tim, and uh, and popped him. So, But, yeah, we'll, keep, we'll keep, get, keep you guys updated on this. It's been really fun. Um, did you get any of the big pickups this week? I mean, there weren't that many. Basically, did you get any Cavan Biggio or anything? I have no Cavan Biggio. I got a got couple, yeah, a couple, couple shares of Oberg. Uh, but really, this was a week in leagues where I uh, I don't have a lot of injured guys. Shock, hey. shockingly, guys, I don't have a lot of injury guys on you. the majority of my teams. Uh, but this was a week where I started investing in some of those guys. Uh, that might be coming back. So I got a number of shares of Hunter Strickland, yes, uh, a number of shares of Yavaldi, a number of shares of Scooter Jeanette, um, and guys like that that might be back here relatively soon. A couple shares of Didi Gregorius, um, things like that, because these are guys That's... that are going to be back here in a few weeks, and I didn't want yes. to, have to pay top dollar for them. The, the, this is the time to buy. And that, this was that kind of week, just scrolling through the pickups. Um, and those are, you know, it's it's great when somebody goes off, and and you get the, the the big prospect guy, you get the Austin Riley, and he really does does the deed for you. But that's just so much more rare, and um, you really have to. Diamondbacks be... aren't even starting Cron today in Milwaukee or not or in Colorado. Oh, that sucks. And he was one of the big high ones this yeah. week. 
Um, it's crazy. He had a huge split, though, in, as far as main events. He went as high as 187 and as low as five. Wow, really? Unopposed. Five unopposed. Oh Eight God. unopposed as well. So two unopposed picks there for, for Kevin Cohn. Um, I did end up getting Kevin Biggio. I just put a, here's a little something, something, nothing bid. I was actually the second cheapest. I got him for 41. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. Ian, Ian and I talked about him yesterday. Just, uh, I think he is a guy that he's going to play, he's going to play a fair amount. I think they may move him around. I just, I don't. Think yeah, he's, he's got some got, outfield going. Yeah, I just don't think he has like the the supreme impact, and so getting him cheap is fine. I just didn't want to be one of those guys that spent a hundred something dollars. Exactly. And in in my league, I know that he went for uh, two something. I want to say. Oh no, I guess he didn't. He went for eighty eight bucks in mine. Okay, Maybe um, but even that's too much for me. League, I just. Uh, I wasn't going to pay that either. He yeah, went it was uh, my TGFBI league. Uh, some sucker paid two hundred and sixty-six bucks. Bro, yeah, you ever heard of this Eno Saris guy? Oh, no, I don't know that guy. Yeah, that sounds sounds awful. He spent two hundred eleven on Kevin Cron. <laughs> Yo, he went in. <laughs> he always talks to us. He he, uh, he's like, I'm the worst at fab, and like honestly, that's something that I continue to work on. I actually was in the league with the highest Kevin Biggio bid, four forty-two. What? That that is four forty-two. Like, you know, in football, there's like makeup calls. Like yeah. that's a makeup call from not bidding enough last week. Correct. And who, thinking who that it? Kevin Biggio, Bo Matthew Bo. I don't know him. Matthew, Matthew Bo went went for it, man, oh and. My God. Uh, I mean, hey, he also got Kevin Crone. I wonder how much he paid for Crone. Let me see here. But that is a lot. But that, yeah, obviously that's... he didn't need to do that because the secondary bid was one ninety nine, which is still pretty high. Again, I wasn't really going that high for for Kevin Biggio. I thought you know something in the forties. If I could get him, great. If not, really no sweat really off my back. It feels like so. the people who bid a lot on them were guys who missed out last week. I think I think you're right. I, I really do. I think that that's... I, I, I had some uh, optimized bids in TGFBI. Hunter Strickland, I got him for 44 bucks. Runner-up was 38 uh, Nathan Uvalde got him for 3 Runner-up was 2 Damn. Yeah, yeah. I continue to be just blown away by, um, by, how, by how these bids, when you look at all the leagues, how it can be, you know, 442 in one league and 30 in another. Just like the league dynamics... It's just it. It's crazy to me. It's absolutely insane to me. But uh, it, it's kind of what makes it fun. And Fab is super challenging. I, and I feel you know. It's been, I don't think I'm great at it, but I've I've definitely gotten better. Do you think there um, is a? I mean, I think there's obviously a skill to Fab. Uh, yeah. But do you think there is a skill to optimizing it in the way that some people in the industry kind of make it out to be? Like no, because you can't know yeah. what the. You can only come up with what you think the guy should go for. So you can only do – you can bet – basically what I would consider this is like you can only bet against the house, but you don't know what the other players are going to do. Basically like blackjack then, right? Because you don't know if dumbass McGee over here is going to hit in, in, in a bad hit situation and ruin what you thought was optimized. So you can only go so far. Like you can't be perfect at it. I, I know like everybody hated the whole uh, April victory lap things. To me, mm -hmm. the posting your uh, 
uh, your fab win. Um, is, is that now? Is is it's way worse. Well, like, I, I think that pretending that there was skill, like, like when the, I get like him, I'm is, happy about him, but I feel like that's it's luck. I'm like, yes. oh, I was lucky. If, if to... you're posting to be like, oh, I lucked out here, you know, this guy only, you know, was two dollars less than my my bid, or even to post the other way, like, oh my god, I'm so dumb, like I just I missed it by a, a buck. Yeah, I'm fine with that, but like this whole like. I'm amazing and optimizing my fab thing. Like if you were in a different league, it wouldn't have worked out that way. Unless you exactly. know your league. If you're in a, like, I think there is a 10 year league type. Well, yeah, the, the, even the like some indi- wars yeah, and some, yeah, some industry leagues and things like that. Um, but I mean, it's just, otherwise it's, it's random, like luck of the draw of your league. It, I mean, it really is. And know, the, I, the I learned people, from the people saying, Oh, I optimize my, my Biggio bid. If they'd been in the league with Eno, they wouldn't have won. Exactly. I, I learned under Dusty, uh, Dusty Wagner. And, and, you know, even he's like, you know, we, we just come up with good. what we can. He's really good at it. But I think he, even he understands that you can't be perfect and that, and you're still betting. You can, like I said, you can only go against the house, but you don't know what, what your, your opponents are going to do. And if someone wants to get wild with something, you tip your cap and you move on. You can only go what you think is right. And, uh, you know, when he loses out on somebody that he really wanted because somebody went 2x what he thought was right, it's no sweat off his back. He just says, well, whatever. By the way, I don't know who it was, and there might have been more than one person, but somebody last week was pretty high on talking about Renato Nunez, our boy. And this is not a uh, humble thing where I'm saying, where the answer is me. It's not. I can't remember in the industry who it was, though, but was saying, like, hey, gets a lot of lefties this week. Go for Renato Nunez. He went the hell off with four homers in in four straight games. And uh, I think he's got, like, three or four more lefties this week and already has a homer against uh, Daniel Norris. In fact, yeah, this whole Tiger series is lefties. So Renato Nunez, and he gets three next week, including two to start the week. So if you have him or if he's available in, like, an NFBC thing and he gets those chunks of lefties and you can kind of put him in, you know, for the uh, start of the week and then take him out if there's three lefties on the weekend, he is just decimating the lives of lefties so far this year. Just want to throw that in because he hit another one already today. My boy. Yep, he's been he's been fantastic, and he does still have six homers against righties, but it's with a 658 OPS. He now has seven against lefties with with an OPS approaching a thousand. So it's a short side platoon. It's tough to fully uh, you know fully just set him and forget him in a 15 teamer. But you know if you're if you're long on injuries i could see a scenario where maybe you are just setting and forgetting him right now otherwise it's uh it's tweak and make sure that you get him in against lefties but Renato nunez we did talk about him early but somebody really hyped him up last week for scheduling purposes glenn that might have been it but i mean i just it stuck with me and then i saw him hitting a homer every day i was like damn nailed it he is just and he got to go to colorado too so that helped Renato nunez as well by the way, uh, Kiermaier's latest snag might be the best of 2019. You guys aren't going to be able to see that. This is the best way to view a highlight is to listen to it because I'm going to watch it on the show. Rakitelez hits it to deep center. Kiermaier chasing it. Oh, my God. That was pretty sick. I don't know if that's the catch of the year, though. So chill out. Um, all right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. We're going to end on a bit of a somber uh, note. I, I'm, I'm going to uh, just correct your uh, your uh, your Nunez thing. Uh, Eno Saris traded for him in labor last week. Hey, 
At a boy makes up for your over your 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 overbid on Bishio. We gotta give yeah, we gotta give him a little love uh, to finish it <laughs> and off. And not mentioning but, me in your Paul DeYoung article. How dare he? Yeah. At least to mention the whole he should have cited thing. me as as work cited. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I should have been in the footnotes. But uh, uh, not a footnote at all, and and unfortunately a sad note. Uh, Bill Buckner has died at oh, the age wow. of sixty nine. And uh, I didn't know if he was ill or not. I don't know if this is sudden, or or what the uh, what what the circumstances are behind it. But I saw it pop up on Twitter, and just want to. Uh, oh, he he was battling dementia, so he was he was indeed not well. Age sixty nine though, and I'm not even going to make any of those jokes right now. But uh, I mean, that's young, man. That sucks. And I'm glad he was able to get, you know, closure and redemption in Boston. Getting because, to throw that first pitch was a really cool yeah, moment. Putting everything on him was kind of fucked up, to be honest. And and, and to you know almost like ruin a man's life or at least give him hell for a substantial amount of time, that is brutal. And yeah, he misplayed it or whatever. But I think I think the the pro Buckner side would say like he shouldn't have even been out there at. at at, at that time, um, that his defense was known to be challenged. Now I'm not old enough. Like I was alive for it, but I was, I was five. I wasn't sitting there analyzing it. Like, yeah, they should. I don't have think I was around. alive. What year was that? That'd be '86. Oh, I was barely alive. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we were we were youngsters there, but uh, at that point, he was a 36 year old, and so you know. Uh, but it, either way, un- unfortunate. I'm glad that, uh, like I said, that. Oh, wow. It came he's, full circle. He's from my neck of the woods. I did not realize this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Vallejo, uh, California, and Napa High alum. Oh, and he went to Arizona State, man. They've uh, And USC. He went to two college powerhouses. Second-round pick of the Dodgers. He had a hell of a career. And, um, you know, I think he. some even consider him a fringe Hall of Famer uh, if you're more of a big Hall guy. But uh, yeah, I've, I've heard the case uh, bandied about, not that it's been a serious, like, oh, he's a uh, – automatic but uh actually i might be thinking of someone else because i'm looking at his numbers now anyway that's not the point rest in peace bill buckner and uh, hate to end it on a down note but i just saw that news cross the wire so we'll end it there justin uh we'll be back later this week uh, i also want to end on more of an uplifting note i want to thank you for your service and everybody out there who uh who does serve this country and allow us to do things like this which uh, obviously in the grand scheme is is a bit frivolous um, I can't even imagine it like the, the, what you guys put yourselves through and, and those obviously who lose their lives. So, uh, from me to you, man, thank you so much for, for, for putting your life on the line for us. And for those that are still doing it, uh, a big thanks from me. Yep. And think about any, uh, any service members that, uh, may have, uh, lost uh, their lives in the, in the line of duty. Uh, I think about one of my good friends, James Hunter, who, uh, died in, uh, Afghanistan. God, um, decade ago it seems like same i I lost my buddy my buddy jacob uh uh, it was it was rough i mean i hit our college group hard so uh send love to him as well and uh, again thanks to everyone who who serves and uh, we'll end on that note justin talk with you later this week take care take it easy